It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Check. Yep, it's recording. You're good. Okay, cool. So we'll get going here. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire. Hitting you guys back up here with our NFL draft previews. We're going division by division here. Uh, very excited here. We're going to get you guys ramped up here for the NFL draft. And we've got some great guests joining us to discuss some of the divisions. On this particular episode, we got a good buddy of mine. Met him down to the Senior Bowl and quickly become one of my great friends here. Russell Brown is joining us of CoverOne.net. He hosts Cover One Draft Podcast with Brad Kelly. And we're here to talk about the NFC West Russ, what is going on, my man? Welcome to the show. Bill, brother, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me, dude. Not a problem, man. Uh, we've been chatting up a little bit and wanting to kind of get something going here. <laughs> so here we, here we are. So we're going to just kind of jump right into it. We're going to talk about the teams in each division. Like I said, okay. in this particular thing, we're going to go NFC West. Uh, just a couple of quick things. And we're going to start with a team that, you know, typically we're going to, we'll go in order with uh, draft pick in the first round, but we'll start with the team that does not have a pick in the first round, and that is the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, the Rams have been really pushing all their poker chips to the front of the to the middle of the table. They're really seeming to go all in. Um, signings like Indomitian and Sue. Um, just a whole bunch of others trading for Brandon cooks. Uh, they did let Sammy Watkins walk away in uh, free agency. So now the Rams are sitting here without a first or a second round pick, but they've got a lot of day three picks, including, I believe they've got three picks in the fourth round and they've got four picks in the sixth round. So what's going to be kind of the strategy for the Rams um, considering that they're going to be sitting back a little bit early in the draft, but they've got a lot of ammunition on day three. What What's going to be the process, do you think, with the Rams on draft day? Yeah, they're in a very interesting spot. You know, they're not picking until the third round of the draft. And, um, you know, right now they're sitting with the, uh, the, the 87th overall pick and them getting rid of that, that first rounder to get Brandon cooks was really a shocking move in my opinion, because the amount of money that you're paying them this year, which is, I believe somewhere between eight and $9 million, which is essentially almost the same deal that Sammy Watkins got from Kansas city. And it's like, I know Brandon cooks is a very you know competitive receiver. He's productive, but Sammy Watkins can be just as productive and you could have paid him the exact same money. Now you're going to have to come up and pay Brandon Cooks probably even more money. You're probably not going to be resigning Indomitian Sue. You have to resign Aaron Donald without question. You can't let him leave. Um, so this is a team, like you said, they've got a ton of picks on day three. I would have to think that they're going to be looking more so in the direction of the stronger, the, the deeper parts of this, this uh, class as far as defensive linemen, you want to get some interior players, you 
want to get some offensive line help. And at pick 87, I mean, if I'm going off of my board, I would have to think they were, they would go with an offensive tackle somewhere that's in that range between 80 and 90. Um, and the offensive tackle that's on that spot is Brian O'Neill out of Pittsburgh. He's 89th on my board. Jamarco Jones is the next closest, but he's way above Brian O'Neill at 76th overall from Ohio State. So those are guys that probably would fit the range. Braden Smith is right there in the middle. Wyatt Teller's right there in the middle as well. So I think you've got a couple of options as far as offensive linemen. And the reason why I say that is because they have Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. And Andrew Whitworth is 35, 36 years of age. And um, when when he goes away, the run game is, is going to diminish a little bit. And you saw that with Cincinnati this past year. They had one of the worst ground games in the National Football League. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they were actually ranked 32nd. And losing a player like Andrew Whitworth, uh, it, it definitely showed. And so now you you – are preparing for, for him to go away. And I think if they do that um, with that third round pick at pick 87, you're probably talking an offensive lineman. You've got to get some players there because the depth behind Whitworth and Roger uh, Saffold, their left guard, it's, it's very limited. So I would think they would look for somebody that's going to fit that mold to play on the left side of the line. Um, maybe they look at uh, some, some players in the secondary you know, Marcus Peters is now there. Absolutely. But you do have to leave. How well can he play in this new system? I think he'd be okay. Um, and linebacker is definitely an option as well. So if they're, if they're looking at a linebacker later in the draft, I mean, maybe, uh, Gennard Avery out of Memphis, he, he definitely comes to mind. He's got that versatility. He's got a lot of the tools that I like. Um, I, I haven't watched an, enough tape to give him an overall grade, but I've watched him. Uh, two games in, and I think he'd be a really good fit uh, because of the versatility that he brings. I think he does a really good job with range um, and scraping over the top. So I would think um, offensive line, getting the depth, hitting some linebackers, and getting some defensive backs because I think in this league, uh, one of the strategies, if I was a general manager, is always attacking uh, the defensive back group by at least getting one guy per year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you brought up a good point, you know, you know, it just kind of slipped my mind, but yeah, you know, Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, uh, certainly, you know, this this is a two-year window, and, and like you said, they, they have to re-sign Aaron Donald, so it's going to make it real difficult to sign some of these other players after this season. I mean, uh, Jared Goff's obviously going to be up for for a big contract very soon, so a lot of money is going to be locked into a few players, so if, this really is a, a small window, but as we saw with the Eagles, you know, if, if you can build in the right pieces and really, really focus in on a small time frame, you know, they, they've, they've got a shot and they'll definitely be one of the favorites, I think, in the NFC. And it's really going to be interesting to see, you know, how all these top teams go up against each other. I think it's going to be a fun battle. Yeah, and they definitely, you know, and just to kind of further off of what you're saying and build off of that is, you know, they they have a lot of guys that come in and um, they, they add this depth and all this talent and, the, the window is definitely going to be a small window, but this was a team that, you know, went to the playoffs last year and had limited playoff experience. They got that game in now. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the run didn't go exactly the way they planned, but now you've got Jared Goff and Todd Gurley coming back mm-hmm. for, you know, another year together. And I think Todd Gurley's one of the, the top five best backs in the league, if I'm being honest. And, and he's going to, I think, continue to, to grow and, and stay that way. And they could definitely look at that position as well with how deep this class is. So, I mean, I know they have Malcolm Brown and, and Justin Davis behind them as I look at their depth chart. But realistically, I mean, you could definitely add a, a quality player. Maybe they, 
maybe they're the team that gets Jalen Samuels out of NC State. Sean McVay with Jalen Samuels, that'd be just absolutely disgusting. So um, I, I would think, you know, they would be looking at that direction. Mark Welton out of out of Miami, Florida, that running back, um, you know, he he's a little bit down on boards because of injuries, but he would be a really good fit uh, behind Todd Gurley and then uh, um, Akram Wadley out of Iowa as well. So they've definitely got options, I think, all the way across the board. It's going to be more so depth. And I think, you know, even though they moved on from the picks, I think they are definitely, like you said, preparing for the playoff hall, a, a rise for a championship over the next two years. And they've definitely got the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's move to San Francisco. They've got the number nine overall pick, and obviously the big news recently is Reuben Foster and just the flat-out ugly details that have been coming out uh, and facing 11 years in prison. Yeah. We know that there was probably going to be some kind of issue or, you know, we, we knew there was, like, some troubling spots already with Foster over the last couple of weeks and a lot of mock drafts, including my own, had started to peg a linebacker. You know, me in particular, Roquan Smith was there at number nine. Now that we know at least the alleged details of Ruben Foster, do they have to go linebacker very early or even with that number nine overall pick? Or is there another position that you think they would probably consider along with linebacker? You know, I, I would have to agree. I would think linebackers definitely the way that they go. I know they didn't bring back Eric Reed, uh, the safety. So, you know, obviously the need for maybe a Minka Fitzpatrick makes a lot of spent or a lot of sense, especially when you've got John Lynch there, uh, as the general manager and everything else. And, um, you would have to think, you know, if they win a safety at nine, whether it's Derwin James or Minka Fitzpatrick, John Lynch would definitely play a big part and a big role into the growth of that player. But, you know, at pick nine, I think Roquan Smith would be a great pick for them. They pick again at 59 and then 70 and 74. So they've got a decent amount of mid-round picks there where I think they can add some some other players. And I think, you know, Roquan Smith, he's a top five player in this class. He's he's one of the most versatile players in this class. That change of direction that he brings um, and just that range and um, just the mental processing. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a linebacker process the, the, the game as fast and as fast frequent and as fluid as he has he can drop into coverage he can blitz and I I think he's just he's a fantastic all-around great football player and just the thought of pairing him up with Reuben Foster is a great idea but to pair him into that defense in case Reuben Foster's going to jail for 11 years or so um, I think is is definitely the, the safe play and you can worry about a safety position or a defensive back position later in the draft, you know, like I said, they've got 59, 70 and 74. So um, what safeties they could be targeting then um, maybe Jesse Bates out of Wake Forest could be available. Um, maybe Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama. So they've definitely got names that, that you they could take a look at. And also, you know, cornerback could be an option as well, but they did add Richard Sherman. So maybe they don't look at this secondary at all. 
And you brought up a great point about John Lynch, and I was listening to the Locked On NFL Draft Pod with John Ledyard the other day, and he kind of brought up that same note in that John Lynch being a former safety himself, how much influence is that going to have, uh, like you said, with that first pick, whether they consider Fitzpatrick or Derwin James. Uh, re- real quick, too, um, your comparison between Rokon Smith and Tremaine Edmonds. Um, how do like how do I compare the two? Like you know, on their board, like who do, who do you have ranked higher? Who do you think? Oh, yeah. it seems like a lot of boards are pegging like one to Chicago, one to San Francisco. At least that kind of seems to be the majority opinion right now. Yeah, um, Roquan Smith is number four on my board right now, um, and most of my grades are, are pretty much finalized. I'm pretty much. Uh, tweaking them throughout the, the night and into tomorrow, making sure everything's good and, and mm-hmm. making sense. But Roquan Smith's sitting there right at number four. Um, and as I try to scroll up and I've got the, the uh, beach ball of death here, uh, <laughs> Tremaine Admins is, is sitting right there at uh, 21. So I, I think there's quite a bit of separation. I, I thought Tremaine Edmonds, even though, you know, he's got that versatility and he's got the length, um, and with that length at six, five and that athletic ability, excuse me, 20th, he's at Tremaine Edmonds at 20. Um, so, you know, at six, five and, and being able to play in the middle, you, I think you could definitely plug him in on the outside as well as a three, four backer and, and rush him off the edge a little bit and cover flats. But I thought there was times where he did not take on blocks very well. You know, I, I know a lot of people rip Leighton Van Der Esch, including myself for, for not taking on blocks. And I thought Edmonds at times he processed and read reading the, the block slower than, than what he should be compared to a player like Roquan Smith. Um, but, it's not like, you know, they're, they're too far off. It's just a couple of points that separate the two. Um, but there's a lot of talented players in the middle of those guys, you know, Darius Geis, Harold Landry, Denzel Ward, Derwin James, um, Isaiah Wynn, Mike McGlinchey, Joshua Jackson, and, and even Billy Price is up there too, it's, you know, separating these guys. So, uh, and Vita Vea, can't forget out, you know, him and Moher. So, I mean, there's a lot of players in between, between, you know, four and 20, but, I think, you know, Edmonds is going to go higher because he's 19, the versatility, the athletic ability. And I think coaches, they, they thrive over athletic ability and versatility more than anything else. And if they display that, okay, I can develop this kid. And when you get him at 19, I mean, this kid's probably not even done growing yet. So he could definitely shoot up draft boards and he might fit what they're looking for when you're talking, you know, stuff schematically. But I, I think realistically in a 4-3 front, you got to go Roquan Smith. That's amazing too, that Tremaine is only going to be, he's still only going to be 19 years old on draft day. He doesn't turn 20 until May 2nd. It's insane, man. And I, I don't know if there's ever, I think I'm trying to remember the player out of Louisville. He was a defensive tackle from a couple years yes. ago. Um, the, he was drafted uh, by the Texans. Yeah. It was like Ogboye Og, or something like I butcher yeah. names all the time. And he, you know, he was a young player, one of the younger players. He didn't really pan out, but one of my, my biggest problems with inside linebackers um, that are measuring out at six, five is, and that's what Tremaine Evans is essentially going to be playing. If we're talking about it, he's an inside backers, just that long frame, me and Eric Turner over at cover one, we've discussed this and we actually discussed it at the senior bowl. And we just, we didn't really like that. I mean, maybe it's a knock, but um, that length is nice for coming off the edge and rushing. And I think that's eventually what he's going to translate to, but realistically, I don't think playing him in its inside linebacker spot is, is really the smart play. I think uh, going out and just worrying about, um, him playing 
on the outside is what you need to do and keeping it simple that way. So I think Roquan Smith though is, is definitely their guy at nine. I would be shocked if, if I've, I've obviously I wouldn't be shocked if Roquan was gone at nine, but if mm-hmm. he's, if he's on the clock or if he's available when they're on the clock, he would definitely make the most sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Moby Okoye, by the way, was the kid's name. I just looked it up. There you go. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Moby. I think he had some injury concerns though, too. Like after, he had gotten drafted. He played a little bit, got hurt, and just wasn't able to stay healthy. Yeah. Let's go to Arizona, picking at 15. And we know that they have a need of quarterback. Yes, they signed Sam Bradford, but how much can you really – how much stock can you really put into that? Zero. They, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, $15 million guaranteed. Yeah, no, that's – I really wish I, – I would love to be Sam Bradford's agent. I, I would just like to be Sam Bradford for a year, blow out my knee, and then just get paid. The, the, the amount of money he has made in his career is it's simply insane. amazing. So we know they need a quarterback. We know the top guys aren't going to be there at 15. Do they? Do they, you think they trade up from 15 to try to get one of these guys if, say, they fall? Or if they don't get one of the top guys – could they possibly, and this is a scenario I played out in my my last couple of mocks, possibly trade back in to round two, or into round one, excuse me. Like, for example, the scenario I gave was they traded up to 32 with the Eagles to take Mason Rudolph. You know, I think, I, you know, because there's been a connection. They've met with Rudolph a couple times. You know, so so what, what do you think is more likely, that they try to trade up into, like, the top half of the draft to get one of the, the big four, or trading back into uh, the end of round one, or do or do they come away not with a top quarterback at all and kind of ride it out a little bit? Well, right now um, they they're sitting, I believe, with five picks in total, and this is a team that I think lacks a ton of depth. They lost one of their best defensive players, even though he hasn't been healthy in the Honey Badger uh, in, in Tyron Matthew. And you you look at this team, Patrick Peterson's approaching what thirty now. Um, they, they drafted a really talented player that's a versatile linebacker in Hassan Reddick last year. I don't think drafting a quarterback at 15 is out of the question. I think Lamar Jackson, Mason Rudolph, if you want your guy, you go out and you get your guy. But realistically, I think at 15, I wouldn't be surprised if they were a candidate to actually trade out of the pick, trade down. And let's just say, you know, hypothetically speaking, New England, they've got all these picks. Maybe they want to move up from 23 and they want to ensure that they – get the guy that they want. Maybe it's Colton Miller. Maybe it's Mike McGlinchey. Maybe it's Connor Williams. They want an offensive tackle. They want to make sure they get them. Maybe they trade up from 23, get to 15, and at 23 or somewhere in that range, Arizona then pulls the trigger on a player like Mason Rudolph or Lamar Jackson. Personally, I think Lamar Jackson would be a great fit, um, especially if it was a Bruce Arians offense. I would just th- I think Bruce Arians could do wonders with that. Obviously, he's gone, but I think definitely out of those two quarterbacks, my highest rank between them is, is Lamar Jackson, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think getting a quarterback can definitely happen for them. I think moving back is the smarter move. Trading back and getting more assets is definitely the way to go because Mike Glennon, Sam Bradford, I don't feel comfortable with that in my quarterback room any day of the week. And I'm not even, you know, I don't even root for this team on Sundays. So I think, you know, with the needs that they have, again, you've got to replace, you know, Tyron Matthew, you do have Buda Baker, but can he year one to year two, how's that translation going to go? Is it going to be successful? And then you have, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, 
he's near the end. I mean, he can't play forever. Sure, you signed Bryce Butler, but that's that's nothing. And and again, this team doesn't have really a tight end. They haven't had one. Jermaine Gresham is very inconsistent. Ricky Seals Jones was a nice fantasy play here and there last year, but I think you know with with the way this team looks you definitely could be addressing the quarterback position, but realistically um, they need to get some, some more draft capital and, and acquire more picks. And I think trading down is the best way to do that. Um, but I, I would think if they were to stay put at 15 and don't go quarterback, I would have to think going offensive tackle um, is, is definitely a fit for them or potentially even a linebacker. Uh, maybe they double dip. And, and if they really like Leighton Van Der Esch or Rashawn Evans, maybe that's their guy too. Now let's throw this quick scenario into in terms of Lamar Jackson. The Chargers at 17 seem to have a little bit of interest as well. Mm-hmm. How much do you buy into that, that the Chargers could potentially take Jackson and say Arizona does trade down, you know, the possibility that Jackson may not be there if they move down? Well, I, when, um, on our, our podcast, Cover One, the NFL Draft podcast, uh, Brad Kelly and I, we've been doing draft options for you know two or three teams over the last couple of episodes, over the last couple of weeks. And uh, when we talked about the Chargers, I brought up Lamar Jackson as a potential fit. And I, I really think he would be a fit in that offense and, and what they like to do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those, those passes to the sidelines, getting vertical up the field um, and, and pairing them up with, with that receiving core with Keenan Allen and and Mike Williams, if he can stay healthy, I don't think you're really hurting yourself at all because you know, he's not going to play in year one. Um, And in Los Angeles, they could definitely be looking for the the successor to Phillip rivers. He can't play forever. And to be honest, I mean, yeah, he's, he's won you some football games, but he's never gotten you to where you need to be. And if, if you start thinking, okay, we're going to go in a different direction, that's okay. And I, I would be worried if I was Arizona, if I'm thinking, okay, I want Lamar Jackson. If I'm moving behind LA, I would be a little bit concerned thinking this team might take him because at 17, he's very much in play and they still have picks 48, 84, 115, all the way down to 177. They've got another pick in between there at 146. So they've got a ton of picks, um, you know, the standard uh, six, seven picks throughout the draft, but you know, they're, they're a very close team to, to winning now. So uh, taking that first round pick on a uh, quarterback for your future is not a bad idea for really either team, whether it's Arizona or a team like the chargers. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs, more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. Last team we'll talk about is the Seattle Seahawks, currently sitting with the 18th overall pick. And the main thing for me, well, before um, you know, we talk about the, the trade-down possibility, because Seattle does not have a pick in the second or third round. This is actually their only pick in the top 100. I believe their next pick is number 116. 116, thank you. You know, so they um, they are definitely a, a trade down candidate uh, in the first round, I believe. Maybe a team. You know, you mentioned New England earlier when when talk about Arizona. Um, 
I've, I've seen mocks that have Carolina moving up to 18 for, from 24 to 18, Tennessee from 25. Seattle also has a big need on the offensive line. I mean, we know how bad that offensive line is, and they've certainly been pegged with a couple offensive linemen, Isaiah Wynn, um, kid out of Nevada. Yep, Austin Corbett. Austin Corbett, thank you. I was drawing a blank for a second. <laughs> Duh. Um, so do you think the best course of action for, for Seattle is to trade out of that 18th pick because of the fact that they have such a long wait at this point between picks? Yeah. I mean, it really, obviously trading back, it always depends on, on who's the, who, who's the guy on the board, who, who's available. I mean, if, if Darius Geis is there at 18, that's a home run pick in my opinion, because I, I'm sorry, Mike Davis and Chris Carson with, with CJ uh, Proceis is not going to cut it for me, especially if I'm Russell Wilson. I, I can't run forever, you know. Yeah. But uh, addressing that offensive line, it's a big need. And I, I've, I've, uh, I wrote a piece a couple weeks back, maybe two weeks ago, on CoverOne.net uh, talking about teams that need to get offensive linemen. And I, I, I talked about Seattle specifically uh, because of how much pressure uh, Russell Wilson's faced the last two or three years. He's been one of the high, he's been the second highest uh, pressured quarterbacks outside of Andrew Luck. And, you know, the way they treat this offensive line is the same way the Colts have treated their offensive line. And that's not going to bode well for Russell Wilson. I mean, he's already been dinged up before. Um, so trying to keep him upright and healthy is definitely the way to go. But if you can trade back and still acquire the guy that you're thinking of getting, and even if that means they trade from 18 to 23 or, or 25 with Tennessee, and you're able to get, let's say, a Will Hernandez or you're thinking of, of an offensive tackle, and maybe Connor Williams is there. There's a lot of talks of him potentially falling and moving down boards. If he's available, that that definitely seems like a, a pick for them. But you know, they do have DJ Fluker, who obviously is not great, but he's a he's a good you know depth player that can play a little bit of right tackle. Primarily played guard the last two years. Um, they have Jermaine Ifedi, who's okay. Uh, Dwayne Brown, if he can stay healthy, that's a big plus for them. So maybe they don't address this offensive line until pick 116, pick 132. And if they can move back and let's say they get, you know, pick 91 or, or pick 89 or whatever it may be, if they can get one of those selections, you can definitely address the offensive line then because this is a deep interior offensive line class compared to, you know, another position like for an example a safety spot where I think Justin Reed out of Stanford would be a great selection for them uh, because of the versatility that he brings the football IQ that he has um, you know he's a he's a great player that's played all over the football field and they recently met with him and I believe he came in on a top 30 visit so if you know the rumors are true as far as Earl Thomas goes potentially wanting out and if I'm not mistaken he's near on his last year of his deal so mm. if you're if you're really preparing for, okay, life after uh, Earl Thomas, you're already preparing for, for life after Richard Sherman, you've moved on from there. Um, if that's the case, I mean, getting a player like Justin Reed, who's a natural born leader, he comes downhill, he plays well, he's athletic, he ran a 4-4 in the 40. Um, again, the versatility is there. He's played as a nickel, a safety, an outside corner. He's lined up all over the football field. Uh, so with that football IQ, the ball skills that he does, uh, and, and his ability to play up into the box, I, I think he's a great fit for them. Uh, and if you can move down and you can still acquire him, that's a home run pick. So certainly offensive line makes a lot of sense. Running back makes a lot of sense for the Seahawks uh, and, and safety as well. And I'm glad you brought up Earl Thomas because now the rumors are starting to swirl that – 
maybe Dallas makes a move for Earl Thomas after the Des Bryant uh, situation. You know, some are speculating maybe Dallas sends their second-round pick, which is number 50 overall, to the Seahawks for Earl Thomas. So that would kind of speed up that process a little bit in terms of them going after a safety. I mean, if that is the case, I think that's actually not a bad idea by the Seattle Seahawks. If you know Earl Thomas is probably on the way out anyways and you can get a draft pick for it, it, by all means do it because your window to win a championship, it's pretty much closing. And, you know, you're pretty much going to have to rebuild in the next year or two, maybe even three, are going to be tight. They're going to be small. You know, it's going to be a small window to really win anything because San Francisco's making a lot of good moves. We talked about the Rams and how, how their window is. They look to be the favorite to come out of that division over the next probably two to three years. And, um, you know, you look at Seattle. This defensive line is very good. I like Frank Clark. Um, if he can keep his head on right, stay on the field. Cliff Averill, I like him. Nazir Jones, I was actually a big fan of him coming out of uh, North Carolina. Uh, I'll be honest, as a as a Spartan alum, I was not a big fan of Malik McDowell. I was uh, two years ago or three years ago, his uh, sophomore year, his junior year, not so much. And I actually had him uh, a top of the bus list. I'm not going to praise myself because obviously he had a crazy ATV accident that's keeping him off the field. But realistically, I just never saw him fitting in the NFL because uh, from what I've heard, he's quite the head case, but uh, you didn't hear that from me. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, this is a team that, you know, they, they do lack depth. The defensive line I think is pretty solid. They had Sheldon Richardson this past year. They moved on from Michael Bennett, uh, but they do have some linebacker needs. KJ Wright, there's nothing behind him. Bobby Wagner, there's nothing behind him. Um, they signed Barcavius Mingo, who's now, I believe, on his third or fourth team in, in as many years. So, you know, addressing this defense is very important. They have a lot of needs. And if you can move on from a player, like we said, Earl Thomas, we know he's not going to be there and you get pick 50 out of it. I mean, that to me is, is a really good move for an organization that probably isn't going to win a whole lot of games over the next couple of years. If they do, it's because of their quarterbacks and the remaining defensive talent that they have from Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner. And if they don't move on from Earl Thomas, but if they were to get that pick at number 50. Um, there's quite a few players that they could be looking at, uh, especially linebacker Darius Leonard from South Carolina state would be a fit. Maybe that's a little rich for some people, but I think he's a fit um, because of that coverage ability that he possesses. He can cover wheel routes. He can cover the flats. Uh, sure. He's got to get a little bit better as far as, you know, taking on the blocks and ripping through those. But uh, I think he's a talented player and uh, this is a team. Uh, don't forget it. You know, they moved on from, uh, Luke Wilson and Jimmy Graham. So maybe at pick 50, they get that tight end. You know, we've, this tight end class is not that strong. Uh, I, I don't think there's a first round tight end, but if you're sitting in the second round and you can get Dallas Goddard or Mike Jacecki or my boy, Ian Thomas, uh, I think that's a, that's a big strength for this team. So shout out to Mike Kosicki, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got to talk to him at the senior bowl. Great guy. Class act. Russ, man, can't t- let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> All good, man. The, be- the beauty of a uh, live recording, eh? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, really appreciate you taking time to come on here and talk about the NFC West, my friend. It was great chatting with you. Glad, glad we got to do this. Uh, anything you got going on that you want to plug and let the listeners know, you know, where they can find you and what you got going on? 
Yeah, no, I really appreciate you bringing me on. It's actually the uh, first time I've been on the Locked On uh, Radio Network, so or the Locked On Podcast Network. So, uh, really oh, appreciate nice. it. Yeah. So, um, shout out to all the Panthers fans out there. But uh, yeah, check out CoverOne.net. Um, great website. It's got great film analysis. My final mock draft will be out uh, next week. Um, the week of the draft, I always put a final mock draft out there, and you can go ahead and. and you know, chalk it up with yours and, and we can compete against each other. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Russ NFL draft. Uh, go to your app store right now, search cover one, download the brand new app that we have. It's fantastic. You can stay up to date with everything that I write. Uh, Eric Turner, who's the uh, founder and pretty much our leader over there. Um, it, you know, stay up to date with all the great content that we bring, but, uh, my top, I don't know, 140, 150, depending on what I get through over the next 24 hours, uh, my top big board of 140, 150 players or so will drop, uh, Monday, um, just pretty much the chart of it. And I, I probably won't go into too much detail um, until maybe Tuesday or Wednesday on it. But, um, other than that, I mean, I'm going to be doing, uh, some draft narratives that will die, uh, that we will put to rest come the draft, uh, that will start with Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Um, and then other than that, uh, yeah, just Twitter me up and follow me and, uh, we'll, we'll have a good time. Awesome, man. Awesome. Really do appreciate it. Again, that's Russ Brown of CoverOne.net. This has been the NFC West Draft Preview. Really appreciate you guys listening as always. Remember to find us on iTunes and all that good stuff. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And until next time, you've been listening to the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. But for this particular day, or at least this particular division, I am out, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Take care, my friends. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.